0: If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast.
1: The trials and challenges of life
0: take their toll on
1: every couple
0: but you refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage
1: you long for a deep fierce love the stuff of legends this is
0: your life and your marriage this is the legacy you will be remembered for so we're on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage This is episode 49 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we're your co hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams.
1: That's right, and this is the podcast for couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage.
0: So each week we're bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical ideas, and of course, a challenge that will help you build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we have a whole lot of fun.
1: So let's get started. Today on the show, we have Kate Hetherill, the founder of Home Design School, and she is talking with us about the biggest mistakes that couples make when trying to make a house into a home. From painting the walls to picking out throw pillows, Kate's here to help us get our interior decor act together.
0: I seriously need this um, show (laughs) because I feel like I should have the interior design for dummies book on my shelf, but you know...
1: Does that book exist? Um, I mean, i got to get on Amazon and find it.
0: Probably. You know what? This really made me think about this when we went out to our friend Karen's house this last week. Yes. She has a brand... Spank a new house. Well, she moved into the
1: house, like closed on the house, moved into the house. And 24 hours later, it looks like something out of a freaking magazine cover.
0: It's really a huge gifting of hers. Like, or it's just insanity. I'm not sure which it is, but she's got like the art on the walls, the pillows and the throws that match and the, Mm -hmm. the knickknacks in the shelf. And the, it's just blows my friggin' mind. Like, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm crazy. I need her to come to our house. I need or Kate or somebody. Yeah. I just don't I I can't. You know,
1: our first couple homes, we really we really did it up right. Like we we would paint and decorate and everything and like it it felt really cozy and homey and everything. And then we had kids.
0: And it's all kind of gone downhill.
1: And it's it, we can't blame the kids. It's us. Like yeah. You just kind of move into the house and slap some pictures Remember up on the that wall? first
0: show that was like the interior design show and it was trading spaces? Oh my gosh. And I was obsessed with it. That was before HGTV. That was like the first.
1: It was on one of the other networks.
0: TLC. Yeah. Yeah. It was on TLC and I tuned in every week to every see week. what absurd, ridiculous home makeover they would do.
1: And then Danielle would do it.
0: And I would try it and I'd make our home look like a clown house.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> the 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 what was it? Magenta gold and blue stone faux stone wall, including the baseboard.
0: <sighs> Honey, just let's just move past that.
1: I'm never gonna move past uh, that. That was just awesome in the most hideous way.
0: Anyway. Well, so she's inspired us to want more. So today on the show, we have teacher and interior designer, Kate Hatherill. And interesting, she is a teacher and we talk about how she has the heart of a teacher and I am too. Um, I instantly fell in love with her website. We looked her up and she just is all about taking the mystery and the elitism and the crazy price tag out of interior design and just teaching regular people like me um, how to bring me (laughs) and me and how to come together bring their sense of style into their home so just welcome to the show Kate Hatherall so I have to connect with Kate over the fact that we're both teachers and we've both um, kind of set that aside to do something else welcome to the show Kate Heart Hi the there. Teacher, an interior designer. So, what made you shift
2: from teaching to interior design? Oh, my goodness. Well, I I can't say it was a straightforward path, to be honest. Um, I knew that I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. And um, it kind of took me a while to realise what I did need to be doing. And um, I mean, it's fantastic, this um, legendary marriage podcast, because it was really my husband that helped me kind of get out of the rut that I was in and helped me discover what I needed to be doing. So um, I was not happy doing it. And what he said to me was, look, you just first of all, you need to stop doing what you don't want to be doing. And then give yourself some time and some space to discover what you do want to be doing and then, you know, have that, that time to really kind of find myself. So I have to say it's kind of down to him. I'm eternally grateful that he gave me the, the space and the time to do that. Um, so I kind of, I went on a little journey and I, um, did all sorts of kind of mini courses, taster courses, things like that. And, um, eventually I kind of came to realize that this was my thing. Um, I remember one kind of key moment. I was talking to a friend of mine. I was around at her house. We were having coffee and she happened to have her laptop open and she had her Pinterest account there. And it was full of all of these cats on the, um, you know, on her feed. And I looked at that and I thought, Whoa, that looks really different to my Pinterest feed. And that was kind of when the penny dropped that, my Pinterest feed was completely full of home interiors, you know, pictures of living rooms and, you know, different paint colors. And it suddenly kind of, you know, clicked for me that, ah, okay, hang on a minute. This is my passion. This is what's in my heart. All of my spare time, I spend looking at home decor magazines and so on and so on. And so I went and studied interior design, uh, got my qualification. And then I kind of set up the um, home design school, which actually started out as a blog. Um, And it's just kind of morphed into what it is today. Um, And I think, you know, because of my teaching background as well, It just sort of became automatic to, you know, start teaching what I'd learned, the things that I knew and helping other people. And hey, Presto, here we are today.
0: I love it, it. no it. matter how much you try to push that teaching gene down it it comes back up yeah. it, does, you know, it does It kind of sounds like you had these these uh, longings or these loves like in your soul, and like given the opportunity, they just kind of came up to the surface and really blossomed and I just love that um oh for our, yeah, for our listeners that's just um I would. Uh, what a huge blessing that your husband was just able to call that beauty out in yeah, you I like
1: this guy. I like
2: this. <laughs> yeah, let's give a shout out to him. What's your husband's name? Andrew, I like him too.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll probably keep him.
2: Good, let's good vote. Andrew. Let's He's vote. A keeper. We keep
0: Andrew? <laughs> I think we should yes. keep him.
1: <laughs> and you know, I just as a quick aside, as an Ohio born Texan, like talk about accents galore. I absolutely love speaking with Brits. Like, uh, so forgive me if I start to slip into a into a, a, a terrible English accent. No,
0: please, buddy. <laughs> no, Don't offend just, her.
1: No, I. That's what I'm saying. Forgive <laughs> me if I do, I'm not. I'm not mocking or anything like that. It's just it's it's a natural instinct as as a crazy kid. I would do Sean Connery voices and everything else, and so. Oh. I,
2: Come on, then. Let's hear it. Let's hear your best English accent. Oh,
1: no,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's
1: not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> anyway.
0: you, yeah well, let's embarrass the host of the show. Come on. Justin. <laughs> no, Just, no, kidding. No, no, no. Just kidding. Just um, kidding. We don't want to send um, Kate crying this early in the day. Um <laughs> So, working with an interior designer, like uh, that's something that I always wish that I could do. Like, just hire an interior designer because I feel like I don't know. I don't have that bone in my body somehow. Like, it's just not there. And so, I know there are a lot of other moms like me that just feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. So, what do you think stops most people from? Just taking that leap and hiring an interior designer and saying, just take over.
2: I think there are several things that stop people from doing it. I know um, kind of with my audience and the things that they tell me, um, one of the things that people find, I don't know if this is the same way you guys are, but in the UK, interior design is quite an elitist thing. And it's kind of something um, that's, it's quite expensive. It's also something that's kind of shrouded in mystery a little bit. So, you know, the ways and the methods are all a little bit mysterious. Nobody really knows how it happens. Um, The pricing is a little bit elusive. And I think it's just kind of one of those things that people just don't go there you know it's something that the upper classes do and I don't think it's kind of you know people like me don't have an interior designer and I think that's a massive massive blocker for for people to begin with Um, and I think for other people, there's a completely different type of person, which is the person who wants to create it for themselves, but they just don't know how to do it. So they want to kind of have ownership and they want to use their creativity, but they don't know how to tap into that creativity. And actually, Danielle, you said something really kind of key there at the beginning of your question, which was um, that you just don't know how to do it you just don't know where to start and I think that is so typical of what I hear with my audience a lot of the time and it it kind of makes me um, a little bit sad because there are so many things that we have tuition for so when we come to learn to drive a car for example we have lessons after lessons um, when we come to you know cook we follow recipes we're taught how to do it by parents or other family members or we learn it in cooking lessons at school but when it comes to designing our homes we're just kind of expected to know how to do it. But it's actually, it's, it's not um, just something that you know how to do. You're not just born with those kind of, you know, that know-how, that, um, that knowledge. It just isn't necessarily there. But what I firmly believe and what I see all of the time in my business is that it can be learned in exactly the same way that you can learn how to drive a car. You can learn how to cook. And that's kind of what I what I do. And it's my passion is helping people to overcome those blockers and to help them to create the homes that they want without having to bring an interior designer in. Now I'm not knocking interior designers at all and in fact I do some private practice myself but for many people they just want to be able to do it themselves they want a few skills and that's kind of what I teach people I teach them where to start I teach them the order in which they need to do it and I I break it it down in a kind of quite scientific way about okay well this looks good because of this and this doesn't look so good so these colours go because of these rules and these colours don't go because of these rules and when it's broken down like that for people people really find that they can do it themselves and then all of a sudden you know they're they're beginning to do it their homes are coming together the light bulbs are going on and for me that's kind of what it's all about
0: well what are some first easy steps that people like me that feel like a total interior design dummy could do to like get a little bit of design put into their home so let's set the stage for everybody oh geez we live in (laughs)
1: uh, we live in a great house here in austin Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we're grateful for the home. We love it and everything. And it's like a beige explosion inside. Oh, god! Beige carpet, off-white trim, beige walls, beige ceilings. The the railing banister things are like off-white. The wood on the railing. It's is It's all beige and beige. off-white. Okay. It's, it like we we walked into. Bland city. And that's, <laughs> and that's the way it's, it's a, Austin's that's how a,
0: houses are sold.
1: A, a, yeah. That's yeah. how houses are built. Like, unless you're willing to put in another couple, ten thousand dollars or something yeah. Like yeah
2: sure sure absolutely and you see that you know with new build houses particularly and i think um, there's this thing you know when people are selling houses that they really want to kind of denutralize it so that you know it appeals to a wider market of people so i think lots of people are faced with the same problem that you guys have that you do walk in and you see you know there's all of this kind of blank space it's all just as you say it's kind of decorated beige and where do you start and i think the trouble is is that there's so much um out there in terms of you know paint colours I mean, we have a a paint um, supplier in the UK called Dulux and they have over 4,000 paint colors in their deck, you know, and where on earth are you meant to start when you've got that amount
1: of choice? I'm going to interrupt because as a man, there are only like six colors.
2: So how, (laughs) red,
1: blue, green, uh, yellow, black, and white. I mean, that's, that's it. Like how how do they come up with 4,000? That's insane.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, mixing paint is an incredibly complex thing. And you, I mean, um, I, I cover this in what, in my colour masterclass that I teach, but when you have a pot of paint and you kind of take the lid off and you look at the colour that you've got in front of you, let's say, you know, it's blue or something, but the number of colours that have gone into that tin of paint to make up that blue is just phenomenal. It's incredible, you know, the number of different colours. So they'll use, for example, orange to darken the blue, which you just wouldn't expect to see in there. Now, all of those um, colours within that, that pains it stay there as undertones. So although you don't see it when you take off the lid of the paint, once you've painted it on your walls, it's then that the undertones start to come through. And that's what trips a lot of people up. So they think, oh, I'm gonna paint my room blue. They go and buy what they think is a, you know, kind of non-offensive looking blue paint. They paint <laughs> it on their walls and they find that it looks completely different. And that's where so many people go wrong. It's, it's such a, a kind of big and complicated beast. Well, what I will say is once you understand a few rules about it, as I was saying, you know, in answer to the last question, once you know what to do about it, then you don't keep making those same mistakes. So there are ways that you can overcome it. There are things that you can learn, you know, that can help you. And it's not rocket science either. That's the other thing. You know, um, interior design is you know, fantastic. It's my passion, but it isn't rocket science. It's about knowing some basic rules. Yeah. What are, what is, some, are
0: some of those easy ways to kind of get started when you feel like that? You feel like
2: paralyzed. Sure. Okay. So I think um, a lot of people, um, kind of create a room sort of organically. So they'll, um, you know, perhaps buy a piece of furniture or they'll buy a piece of artwork. They'll put it in the room. They'll see how it looks. And then they go, hmm, what should I get to go with this? And then they'll go into you know a Facebook group and they 'll post, "Oh, you know what color should I paint my walls to go with this, or what cushion should I buy here or whatever and that's just that 's the wrong approach because you cannot decorate a room properly and get a real cohesive um, looking room if you approach it in a piecemeal way like that so there is a process that you have to follow, and you have to make sure that you plan out the room right the way through all of the details before you even pick up a paintbrush before you even hit the shops and um, I've actually put together a little roadmap um, that your readers can um, grab, which perhaps we can um, talk about that at the end. But it takes you through the process of what you need to do, the order in which you need to approach these things. So first up, you need to get really, really clear about what your home decor style is. So there are so many different styles out there, mid-century, modern, industrial, farmhouse, you know, it's overwhelming. And what I always advise people to do is rather than spending kind of hours and hours and hours on Pinterest, where you can get, you know, completely paralysed with all of the choice that are out there is to actually spend some time really defining very clearly what it is that you like about the rooms that you're looking at. So is it um, the patterns? Is it the colours? What about the fabrics do you like? And I really encourage people to get as detailed as they can so that they come away with a really clear picture of exactly what it is that they like about those different styles and the things that they want to avoid. Once you've got that list, you can then begin to um, find the other things for your home. So quite often the style will dictate the colour palette. So if you like, you know, kind of farmhouse, they tend to be more sort of neutrals with, you know, lots of um, distressed woods going on, that sort of thing. If you like shabby chic, you're going to like distressed French white woods and creams and things like that. If you like mid-century modern, you're going to be looking at kind of pops of orange and bright colours like that and so on. So the key really, the starting place is really to nail your style and to get really really clear about what your decorating style is. And then when you've done that, um, you can then start to bring in all of the other elements that then kind of match with that style that you've identified. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh,
1: my style would be industrial Colorado Aspen farmhouse.
0: Yeah. He'd be like lumber, <laughs> lumberjack industrial. Is that, is that a style? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the judge, I like
1: soft surfaces.
0: Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> My thing is I just want it to be like cozy and welcoming. So how do you take um, one person that has a particular style? Like maybe the man is like, obviously what? industrial lumberjack is pretty masculine. <laughs> and then maybe i might like like fur throws and like pretty vases of flowers and stuff like how do you take the masculine and feminine and make a style that makes sense for both of you and, and
1: can we work motorcycle parts into it
2: somehow? <laughs> i'm sure in the garage in the, the garage the, um, the the key kind of um, thing that you said there was about kind of labeling what your style is so something um like just picking a style like industrial for example that will mean one thing to one person but it will mean one thing to somebody else and so what's really really important to do and my, um one of the things that people ask me about a lot is about couples decorating, because it can cause so many arguments, so many showdowns about how you decorate your home. You know, people get really kind of upset about it. And um, one of the key things to do is to, first of all, get clear separately about the things that you like. So I recommend couples to go away and create their own individual Pinterest boards of interior um, interiors that they like things that they love, but then to get crystal clear about what it is within those images that they love. Then next, decide what is non-negotiable in that for you. Now, that can be something as simple as the feeling that you want to create. So, Danielle, for example, you just said cosy. So, cosy doesn't discount industrial. You can have cosy and industrial. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What you don't
1: find iron and barn doors and <laughs> things like that, cozy?
2: Maybe, <laughs> but you can you can soften up those things. So you can have you know a leather couch with um, you know the furs on it, um, which would still tie in fantastically with the you know an industrial um, colour scheme is usually about greys and browns and um, brickwork. But you can soften all of that up with you know those um, with natural um, fabrics um, and, and upholstery as well. So you can marry those things together. But the thing is, is to get crystal clear on exactly what it is that you both like and the things that are non-negotiable. And quite often with couples, it's um, the agreement comes when you start to come from a viewpoint of how do you want your home to feel? What do you want people to think when they walk through the door? And that kind of has to be your starting point. That's the essence of what you're trying to create. And you build your style out from there. And you when you show each other your boards and explain to each other exactly what it is you know what lights you up about this why you know why have you chosen this image what's so exciting about it then you can begin to understand not necessarily that picture but where they're coming from what feeling they're trying to evoke and then you can begin to work together rather than against each other in bringing that room together
0: I love what you're saying about just um, zeroing in on the feel rather than the particular, like, he's like, Oh, motorcycle parts. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's um, not happen. But See, maybe...
1: Just have a speaker system that would just play the low rumble of Harley.
0: No, stop. But <laughs> seriously, like if he said, Oh, motorcycle parts, and I'm immediately going, that's ridiculous. We're not putting motorcycle parts in the house. But if he said, if I was like, what is it about the motorcycle parts? And he said, freedom. And I'm like, okay, we want the sense of freedom in our house. Like that's what we go after. Not
2: necessarily the particular parts. Exactly. Yeah. And once, once, exactly. And (laughs) once you have that kind of that shared philosophy of what home means to you, then you can begin to build it together.
0: Now how do you bring kids in on this too because obviously we know kids can make a giant mess and they just continue to make a giant mess. Now I'm not saying that we don't make messes but it's like the toys and the you know projects that they make and you know all these other things it just seems to not lend itself well to
2: a beautiful
0: home in no. our
2: world. <laughs> that's right. Children should be banished and their toys. <laughs> yes. See you later, kids. No, no. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. I've got two children myself and I have a dog. And um, I mean, you know, mess and toys are kind of a part of family life. Um, but what I find really sad is when I hear people saying that they can't have a nice looking home because they've got kids. So they don't have like decor on their coffee table because they've got a toddler that's going to come along and trash it and it just it kind of um it irks me a little bit if I'm honest because um I mean my my children are a little bit older now they're seven and eleven but I used to have you know decor around when they were little obviously they're old enough now not to touch it but the thing is is that if you want to have a beautiful home, it's okay for you to have that. And I think it's really sad that, you know, it's it's about parenting, actually. If you, you know, it's not okay for your toddler to rip stuff off of the walls. It's not okay for them to pick stuff up off the coffee table and smash it. And personally, I think that's part of the kind of learning journey that they have to go through, that some things are mummy's things or daddy's things, and you're not allowed to touch that. But what I will say is there are ways and ways that you can kind of manage that. So if you're bringing a new piece of decor in then let your child play with it for a while you know let them get hands on with it let them touch it because they'll probably find quite quickly that actually it's really dull and that they don't want (laughs) to be picking it up all of the time I mean you know um but but once they've had a chance to play with it then they need to know that they're not allowed to touch it you know, and when they go to reach for it is no, that's not allowed. And then distract them with something else. And eventually, you know, they get the message that there are some things that it's okay for them to play with. And there are other things that it's not okay for them to play with. So
0: do we integrate their style at all? I know they're just little, but I'm sure your seven year old kind of had. you know, you can see their personalities from a very young age and you know, you you kind of have an inkling as a parent of what they're going to like and what they're not going to like, like my oldest daughter is not a girly girl. She's a kindergartner. She does. She doesn't get geeked up by princesses or lace or flowers or any of that. She loves robots. She loves um, karate. She (laughs) She loves a lot of the typical, like more masculine kind of things. So I wouldn't go put a bunch of flowers in her room. Like she would just be hysterical about it
2: yeah no that's my kind of girl <laughs> well done yay no princesses here <laughs> so how do you so how
0: do you integrate their um i mean i i don't think, know that they have necessarily a sense of style but how do you help them develop their sense of style
2: as at a young age um so i think with um with my children um i mean they're a areas in our home that are you know designed by me they are how I like them to be how my partner likes them to be and there are areas where the children can have more of a free reign so I mean we are lucky enough to have a playroom in our home which is not that usual in the UK and um, I um, allow them to have it fairly messy Um, I'm not constantly telling them to tidy up although sometimes you know when the toys kind of climb and climb you have to you know (laughs) Say, like, let's get this clear. Um, but, you know, they're allowed to make mess in there. And again, when it comes to decorating their bedrooms, I always start with the conversation with them. So how do you want your room to feel? What is the space like for you? You know, what do you want it to be when your friends come around? Um, how do you want the space to work for you? And to get their ideas, you know, and, and include them in, in those. But I will say for the rest of the room um for the rest of the house i don't tend to include um their likes and dislikes in there um they're kind of you know the living room and stuff it's kind of adult space um you know and they come in and you know of course they you know watch tv with us and stuff and they use all of the throws and the cushions and everything um but no in terms of decor you know they have their bedrooms that they have free reign over and they have the playroom
0: Yeah. And how do you um, keep things organized? I would say like, I feel like we need a lot of organization. We probably just need to declutter a lot of things. But like, how do you make... keep saying that. I know. (laughs) It's like, it's constant. But I feel like, how do you make organization for stuff? Like in Texas, we have no storage. We don't have basements. We don't have attics. We don't have... Like we just... Our stuff is in our space that we live in. So how do you make organization or like storage a little bit prettier?
2: Yeah, sure. I think that's a a really good point. And I think you can make storage really pretty. So, um, you know, in children's playrooms, you can have things like, um, so for soft toys, for example, you can buy um, like these cages that are like a zoo cage, you know, and you can put all of their soft toys in there. So they kind of, you know, they're kind of themed with the the children's toys. Um, You can get, you know, some really beautiful looking baskets, um, you know, and um, that are, you know, in all sorts of different fabrics or natural materials that match your decor. It doesn't have to be, you know, kind of a child themed thing. And you don't have to have, you know, big plastic boxes or whatever it is that you don't want to look at. You don't have to have those in your home. There are better storage options out there. But what I will say as well, again, you know, with with having children, um, around. Part of it is a training issue as well. So, you know, my kids have, you know, if they bring their toys out into the into the living area, that's fine, but they have to tidy them away at the end of the day, you know, and if you've got those kind of, um, you know, buckets or baskets that they can load everything into quite quickly, then it doesn't become a massive chore for them. But you do, you know, you do need to make sure that you've got storage solutions. And if you're not happy having things on show, you know, you can get cabinets that you can put, um, you know, the, your plastic buckets into so that they're not on show. And what I really like is at the end of the day, no matter what my children have been playing with, it all goes away, you know, because once it's bedtime for them, it's then adult time. And I don't want to be sitting looking at, you know, Barbie and, you know, goodness knows what else is out there.
0: <laughs> you know, well, that's my I- thing. I love that. I love that you say, like, it's more, it's kind of a boundaries issue. Like, yeah, this is our stuff and this is y'all's stuff. That's right. Let's, let's all, and also a stewardship thing, too. Like, you take care of your things and we're going to take care of our things. And if we're leaving him, all over the place to get stepped on and
2: everything else it's like i
1: just want everyone to leave my stuff alone <laughs> I, just, I just want my stuff to be where oh, i Oh.:
2: yeah so you need your own storage your That's own storage right. i
1: have it <laughs> <laughs> it's not a matter of storage it's a matter of of little fingers with
0: well then you just need to hey look here's dad's things <laughs> Take them and throw them in the backyard oh dad's um, things is so much more fun well, I'm, yes, I'm 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 indeed. I'm wondering, you spoke to the paralysis of putting a paint color on your wall. And I know friends of mine, I've not ever done this before because we're usually <laughs> a little more fearless, but stop, stop oh, laughing. No. Oh no. No, put the swatches, like they color like six different colors of blue on their wall, and then it just stays there for like a year and they never decide because it's so scary. And um How do you choose a color that's going to work well for your home?
2: Oh, man, not like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we just returned from the latest legendary marriage intensive in Breckenridge, Colorado.
1: Y'all, it was awesome. Couples got to bring new light to their story, have some great adventures, enjoy the beauty of the mountains and build A legendary path forward.
0: Yeah, it was just amazing what the power of sharing a story can do to just draw you closer together and reveal the story that God's already been weaving in your marriage.
1: Yes. And jeeping on the mountains, Mm -hmm. that was pretty amazing, too. Even getting stuck, trying not to roll backwards or upside down on breakneck paths. Yeah, whose
0: idea was that anyway? (laughs) (laughs) We just love the time to rest and refill the tank, especially conversations in the hot tub. That's my favorite.
1: Oh, yeah. And couples had plenty of conversations that led to aha moments and epiphanies of every kind.
0: Yeah, one couple even left wanting to know... How could they just bring a bunch of their friends?
1: So we want to let you all know the next legendary marriage intensive will be February 15th through the 18th. It's going to be fantastic. It's a perfect way to celebrate Valentine's day. You can check out the information and apply at legendary slash intensive. We only have five spots for these events and they fill up really quickly. So uh, if it's something you're interested in, go ahead, fill out the application. We'll talk about it and make sure that it's the right thing for you guys. And if so, we'll get you a spot reserved.
0: We'll see you there
2: okay so the first thing um if you're if you're going to test out a paint color you never ever ever put it onto the wall (laughs) that's that's the just the wrong way to do it so you need to get some lining paper or a roll of white paper and you need to paint as big a swatch as you can in your um, tester pots so i'm talking like you know a meter a couple of meters you know huge huge piece of paper and you should then kind of blue tack it up to your wall and then you should live with it for a little while to see what that color looks like because it will change according to the light that you've got in your room according to the time of day all of those sorts of things now the reason that you don't paint it directly onto your wall for one of the reasons is that you have just mentioned is that once it's on there (laughs) you kind of you can't take it off you know so if you don't get around to painting it then you've got these swatches all over your walls but the other thing is as well is that the color that you paint onto your wall whilst um, a tester pot is usually just one coat it's going to be influenced by the color that's underneath it So your existing colour that's on the wall, but also the reflection of the rest of the wall that's on it as well, because you don't have a big enough piece for it to kind of stand there in its own right. And so when you put a tiny little swatch onto the wall, you kind of end up with a distorted view of what that's really going to look like once you spread it out across your whole wall. So, yeah, in terms of testing it, that's kind of the right way to do it, is to do it on a big swatch and only test one colour at a time, because otherwise you're always going to be comparing one color to the other without realizing that you're doing it so you should test one massive swatch at a time you know kind of a few days at a time see how it changes with you know with the changing daylight now do you have any go ahead
0: uh,
1: yeah yeah oh I just I got to interject this um so uh, just a testament to what you're saying we once painted a bathroom nine different colors <gasps> in less than a month
0: Oh and we wow. just couldn't get it right. <laughs> the <just> whole thing? <laughs> the whole thing. Oh We'd wow.
1: Go and get some and put it on the wall and oh yeah, it looks good. Yeah. And then you, you paint it and you're
0: yeah. like, oh, oh it looks yeah. like a ball. Oh. Uh-huh. And very, go back to the store. It was a very large bathroom too. It wasn't like a <laughs> <Yeah>. powder room. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. it was a lot of work
2: yeah. oh wow but I don't think you guys are alone with that and I think you know many many people I see it you know I'm in several Facebook groups and I see this question coming up all of the time you know oh no I've painted it and it looks awful and it's often because it's not been tested the right way yeah yeah is there are there any
0: um colors that are, you know, great for the living room or great for the kids playroom? Or like, do you have any colors that you're like in love with
2: right now? you know that's a fantastic question and the reason that i love it is because um, i'm always a little bit wary when people recommend paint colors and the reason for that is that paint changes according to which room you're in so there are so many things that affect what how a paint color looks so for example if you're in a, a north facing room and you live in the northern hemisphere then you're going to have cold blue light coming into your room right if you um, have a south facing room you're going to have warm yellow light coming into your room so the same paint color will look different in a north facing room than it will look in a south facing room.
0: Whoa, my mind just totally (laughs) blew up right now. Justin, I have like, I have, that is a total like epiphany. I've never thought of that in my whole entire, like not even in tiny little microscopic oh. part of that thought has ever occurred to me
2: <laughs> oh wow and it's not it's not just about whether it's north or south facing because otherwise i could just recommend you know paints for south facing rooms but it's also about the quality of light that comes in as well so if you you know if you have um, open fields at the back of your house for example you're going to have a different quality of light coming in than somebody that's got lots of buildings outside at the back of their house and yeah. so all of that and that's why i don't ever recommend you know kind of um, off-the-shelf painting color, you know, per se. So it's about testing in your home, in your real space and seeing what looks right for you. Okay. Do dark colors really make rooms feel smaller? No, nope, not at all. Um, the, way, the, the way to um, get... Uh, Sorry, the way to work with a small room is either to make it really cozy. So in fact, go darker with your paint color. So, you know, your dark grays, your navy blues, and you create a kind of like cocooning sort of, you know, atmosphere in that room. So it feels kind of, you know, snugly, warm, cozy and those sorts of things. The other thing that you can do is you can choose a bright paint in that room and that will work um, quite well to brighten the space. But the mistake that most people make in rooms that are small and that don't have great quality light is they paint them white now, or, or a very, very pale or a very, very light color. Now, the reason that that doesn't work is that in a small room, obviously your walls are quite kind of close to each other. And so the shadows that you get off of that, they just kind of bounce around the room and they make everything look really, really dull. So you either need to go for a strong color or you need to go for a very dark color and kind of embrace the, you know, the darkness and the smallness of that space.
0: I love that idea. Mm. Now, um, Also, I was wondering too, just like, thinking about like the kids rooms and you know, bedrooms in particular, like we always want our bedrooms to feel like restful and cozy and all that. Is there anything to in your opinion? Is there anything to like the feng shui or the energy of setting up a room?
2: well gina um, that's that 's a really interesting question i've got um i 've got a bit of a story about this um about ten years or so ago my husband and I went on a holiday to china and um we'd actually won the holiday believe it or not and entered a competition yeah (laughs) we had um, we had a two-week all expenses paid holiday to China which was just phenomenal it took us a while to get our heads around the fact that we really had won it but we really had and um, one of the um, they'd kind of set up different experiences for us during the two weeks so they took us around to different cities and they showed us all sorts of different things we had an absolutely wonderful experience but one of the experiences they'd set up for us was to go to a city called Xi'an and Um, it's part of where they've got the um, the Great Wall of China. So we had a a look at the wall um, and then we were invited in to meet a feng shui master. And um, that was really, really interesting because they spoke to us about the importance of feng shui in your household. They write down to um, how important it is um, to have the direction that your house faces correct and about what you can do about it if it's not facing the right way to make sure that the feng shui, you know, kind of um, operates properly for your health and for your you know your good energy and your well-being so it's like absolutely fascinating um, they said things like you know I, the ideal house has a mountain at the back which I think is for kind of protection and strength and stability and then you should have water at the front of your house which I can't remember what that signified now but it was something like um was it prosperity or you know good energy flow um and so you know it was kind of really interesting to um hear that sort of different cultural perspective on you know design and and how you you should how you should lay out your
0: house oh my gosh yeah. justin we need to get a mountain behind our house
1: <laughs> i'm not moving again right now
0: <laughs> you know it's f- kind of funny because like our like our souls come alive in the mountains but we're not we're not in the texas desert but i mean it's pretty dry here but my
1: soul comes alive in the mountains but my sinuses dry up and <laughs> cause tremendous pain
0: and then it feels like a desert in your head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I can't breathe
0: and you can't breathe. Um so you you're not a feng shui person per se but you um understand the uh you know importance that people, you know, hang yeah, on I, it.
1: I I read into it a little bit a couple years ago and I've got my little swipe file with, you know, a few the few basic things about like how the how The colors and the elements interact.
2: Oh, yeah, fantastic.
1: I played with it a little bit. I'm not sure it's like uh, the gospel, yeah, I'm not sure it, I, I don't know how it aligns with the gospel exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and um, I'm not sure it's a magic switch, but but there's good stuff in it, yeah, like yeah, played with it a little bit. You, Kind of notice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: and I I do think that there's you know um some truth in um you know certainly about how you decorate. I mean that has a massive impact on how you feel. You know, you just think about how you feel in a cluttered space versus a clear space. You know how much calmer you feel, how much more in control, versus how out of control you feel in a cluttered space. Um, think about how calm you feel in kind of blue or green spaces versus you know how energized you feel in red or bright spaces. So I do think, you know, it kind of links to color psychology as well, which is um, something else that I touch on in my color course. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know that much about feng shui, but I do think the little that I do know about it, you know, there's certainly, you know, some of those elements that tie in with, you know, the way that I think about things for sure.
0: So you're like totally motivating me to want to like just bomb up the house and just go crazy on it and that's probably not (laughs) advised but um I'm a little concerned that um I'm gonna go broke doing it um how do you speak to um like embracing like the thrifty or not quite so expensive way to go about this
2: yeah, sure. And I think um, it's actually it's one of the biggest um, kind of things that people come up with. They say they want to decorate, they don't necessarily have the budget to do it. So, what do they do about it? What I think is really important what is the most important thing is to get your design clear to begin with so before you spend any money at all make sure that you are clear as I said earlier about what your design style is and what you're trying to achieve so um, make you know put together your mood boards put together collections of things that you want to have in your home and make sure that you first are clear about what you're trying to achieve where you're trying to go because if you don't do that That's when you end up wasting money, making expensive mistakes. Um, You know, I I, I know that I've been in this position before. I've been, you know, standing in the refund queue. I don't know how many times taking things back because they don't match. I've ordered stuff on the internet and you have to pay all of the delivery charges. You know, it's just, it's a waste of time and money. Um, So number one, make sure that you get clear about exactly what you're trying to create. Once you're clear about what you're trying to create, then that's when you can start to build your mood boards, get a clear picture of the items that you want to include in your house. So specify the fabrics that you want to have, the furniture that you want to have, you know, the artwork that you want to choose, all of those things. So get really clear on the elements that you want to have and then add it up. And you won't believe how many people don't want to do that. They just, you know, people have a mental block when it comes to money that they just don't want to um, kind of face up to the fact that it's going to cost them, you know, X amount of money to do this. But if you don't, don't start from a position of having a clear plan and a clear budget, then you are going to run out of money halfway through and you are going to have a scheme that doesn't turn out how you wanted it to. When I he- love how everything she's talking about speaks to what
0: we call alignment. And yeah. it's just taking a husband and a wife and just getting in line with what your expectations, what your goals are, whether it's money, whether it's decorating you know, fitness, whatever it is. It's like, you are two different individual people. And just because you say you have to become one, it's like, it doesn't automatically happen. Like you have to be intentional about lining up what's true for you. What's true for me. And like, Hey, what's the common ground here? I love it. Two
1: thoughts. I want to, I want to throw in one is the, oh my gosh, I just there's this, the impulsiveness in me goes, I just want to go to Home Depot, grab some, (laughs) some paint chips and like paint. I want to to have that instant transformation thing. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I I totally get the, we need to plan the work and then work the plan. Mm -hmm. But, oh man. And then the second piece is just around, like, uh, again, the alignment of, of Danielle and I both and the masculine and the feminine and the feng shui and all these different elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've seen so often is there's, there's the uh, very clear delineation between the rooms that are his room,
0: man, man cave
1: that are her room. Sure, and it creates this kind of really uh, disequilibrating experience going through someone's mm-hmm. house
0: it's not. Yeah. It's
1: like, oh, it's rainbows and yeah. unicorns. And now it's motorcycle parts on the wall. And now it's.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, it, I mean, it really does go back to, you know, what I was saying before about um, getting aligned together on what you're trying to achieve together and it is you know your home and yes you can go down the route of saying right well you know you can have this This room and decorate that how you want to and you can have this room and decorate that how you want to but really that's you know that's not kind of what home is about is it and so it's Mm -hmm. about trying to bring in the elements that please both of you but you see if you start from a point of planning you can have those conversations up front and rather than going through the whole process kind of fighting with each other about well I want this piece of furniture well I want this piece of furniture. if you're both coming from the same place because you've planned it out together beforehand then it just it kind of just all falls into place but where people go wrong is exactly what you just said there Justin is they rush out they want to decorate it they want to do it all in a weekend and you know invariably it doesn't work out well it doesn't end well the lesson is don't do it
0: like Justin is that the lesson we're hearing here
1: no 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 <laughs> a whole lot of nope on the side.
0: Oh goodness! I
1: didn't say that's what I do. <laughs> okay,
2: it's just what you want. to do. It's what you want to do, yeah. And I think you know, we we want to transform our homes overnight. And the thing is, there are so many shows on the TV that show us that that's possible, don't they? That they they come in <laughs> and they. I mean, we yeah. we have a. Do you have a show over there? We have one in the UK where they make over a whole room in sixty minutes, and they kind of do it, you know, live on camera, so you can see the sixty minutes to sure. head down. But what you don't see are the months of preparation that have gone into you know, planning out that design. Right, right. They have a truck full of all the stuff right outside the house and they just do it. Yeah, exactly. It's been weeks in the planning. So how
1: do we, how do we get to a place of creating that kind of plan?
2: So, um, first thing, go and download my roadmap because it talks you through the steps, step by step, um, how to do it. So, it tells you to start off with defining your style and then it tells you how to move from there. It also tells you how to do that and then it tells you how to move from there and through the next stages that you need to do. And um, that's an absolutely free resource that you can um, grab off of my website and in there not only does it give you the step-by-step process that you need to take but there are also links there to other resources as well that people can grab so there are links to blog posts that can help you there are links to free videos all sorts of different things as well so yeah um, go and grab it So if you fancy grabbing that, you can head to thehomedesignschool.com forward slash legendary marriage. And not only can you get that roadmap on there, but there's, you know, a ton of other resources on there as well that I've put together for you guys that I think would be helpful um, for Danielle and Justin's audience. Um, So, you know, all sorts of things. There's some stuff on there about how to decorate with your partner as well. So all of those things that we've been talking about today, um, you know, there's some more hints and tips for you there as well.
1: I am so excited about this and more than a little nervous. I have a feeling I know what my weekend is going to be.
0: Well, it's not just a weekend. Remember, the weekend is for planning. No, that's, yeah, I,
1: that's what I mean. If we're going to be planning over the weekend.
0: All right. It can, it can be fun. It can be fun.
1: It will be. it will be.
0: All right, Kate. It was so great to have you on the show. Oh, I'm sure your yeah. audience is um, inspired and ready yes. to get cracking here.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed
0: it. I am just inspired to just cozy up our house. Yes, I like how she talked about just get a plan and just see where both of your styles overlap or like what's the common value there. She's so in line with the stuff that we love. Yes, just the um, the thought that a motorcycle part (laughs) could hang on the (laughs) wall is just obscene. Maybe we could
1: take an old muffler and like from a motorcycle and like wrap it in Christmas lights. Like you know, it's we're coming up on Christmas sooner than honey, later, and I'm like all about the honey, Christmas decorations. I want to take so her it's advice. A great jumping off point.
0: I want to take her advice. What's important about that to you?
1: Moving right along. <laughs> if you don't know what's important to that right now to me, then we just need to move along. Come on.
0: We're not supposed to start a fight here. Jeez.
1: Well, you started one.
0: All right. This week, just hit up. Kate's free resource. So we're going to challenge you to have that conversation about making your house more homey to reflect both of your styles. So jump on um, the show notes and we've got the link right there for you.
1: Next week, another great episode. We have Pastor Eric Bryant, who's a a friend we've known for a while, talking about how opposites attract and how we can embrace our differences and live a more
0: connected and full life marriage, and life. All right. So come join the conversation on our free community on Facebook. It's a private group for men and women to support, encourage, inspire, and share about transforming your marriage from ordinary to legendary.
1: You can search for the Legendary Marriage group on Facebook or visit legendarymarriage.com slash community.
0: You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash zero four nine.
1: Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure.
0: This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage.
1: Make yours legendary.